here we are with the sea. It's episode three of Nerd Cyclopedia. You can get at us on our new website, nerdcyclopedia.com. Dot com. You say it. That's right. No more of this. Uh, we'll be off SoundCloud pretty soon. As soon as we get that figured out. Pretty, pretty uh, soon. Pretty soon. That's pretty soon. I'm Scott. I'm here in Pittsburgh. Hey, I'm Sam over in Monagahela. Mm, it's cold out there. It is burr. Better get your booties on. Yeah, it's like seven degrees, and the kids got a two-hour delay tomorrow, and I'm happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're on the other side of that one. All right, on the man. other side, yep. Do dogs do dogs have a delay like when they um you know when it gets cold outside um I, it's not a delay so much as a reprieve because you take them out and they just don't want to stay out oh so they'll just like asap oh okay all right <laughs> they're just like asap that's it we're gone we're going back in gonna start running toward the door <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little you know that's all right, all right yeah they're good right. about that so uh so just a heads up again. You can always reach us. We still have our uh, Gmail account, which is uh, nerdcyclopediapodcast at gmail.com. And you can get us at Twitter at uh, nerdcyclopedia. Nerdcyclopedia on our Twitter. That's right. And as always, we like to begin with uh, omissions and errors from last week. So omissions, um, first of all, and we might actually want to spend some time on this. Okay. So, because uh, we, we talked so much about Batman. Okay, we did talk a lot about Batman. We did. The, the, whoever's listening to this probably is aware we did talk about Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we left out something else with the bees that's big. That's Back to the Future. Oh, and man. And we just skipped it because we were so excited about Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, hitting up Marty McFly, that's some old school, some greatness right there. That's an all-time classic. All-time classic. I, I think it obviously... It's it's the, it's my favorite time uh, time travel sort of story. Uh, it's a uh, it's an all timer there. And, and I hear you're not even big on time travel like that, so that's kind of surprised. I don't like paradoxic time travel because I think that it's impossible and it's lazy. But in this case, because the idea was, you know, uh, hey, it would be weird if uh, you know uh, some guy had to like hang out with his his mom. I guess you know uh, it works. It works, you know. It works as it is. Plus, of course, you know the uh, the whole Doc Brown character himself is just probably one of the great, great uh, film film versions of a mad scientist ever created. Yeah, he brings super energy to the role. Super, super energy. He's he is one of the classic characters in the in that era, the eighties. Absolutely, and of course, you get your Michael J. Fox. Yep. And uh, you know what's really interesting to me now is now that we're post. You know, the future destination of Back to the Future 2. So we're on the other side of that now. We're living in, in a world that wasn't even conceived by Robert Zemeckis. Uh, we're living that now. Uh, for me, right. Uh, right. I, I almost, if I remake, I don't want them to remake it. I just want an update, you know? Update what? I mean, should they do like a Star Wars George Lucas to like just update different <laughs> elements of it? <laughs> no. No, <laughs> please. Back in, no, don't do that. Please don't put like a dinosaur stepping in poop in the middle of like Hill Valley Square, right? Don't do right. that. <laughs> if Robert Zemeckis is listening to this, do not, please, uh-uh, do uh, not put that in. No. Uh, what I mean more along the lines is like you could see it as like, uh, like well, I guess like the how they correctly did Star Wars Episode Seven, uh-huh. uh, how you have a new new generation, a new version of this story where you know you're going back to deal with Marty McFly and Jennifer in '85, right. and it's you know completely. Uh, a lot of the things they're highlighting, maybe the new gags. So you have like, 
you know, a guy comes back with an iPhone and it can do all the stuff, you know, like a camcorder, a TV, you know, radio, phone, you know, it does all that stuff in one thing. So huh. I, I don't know. I think that would be neat. I always thought it would be cool. You could do multiple versions of that story, really mm-hmm. just just showing the differences between, you know, the progress over 30 years. So that's uh, that's my thing. I, I've always been into that sort of thing, you know, futurology and speculation. Right, right. Something right. I like. I uh, I do tend to go down that rabbit hole sometimes. <laughs> well, I mean the 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 trilogies were good. The first one I remember it was it was really ahead of its time as far as you know just establishing the whole. I mean it was, it was time travel stories before, but Back to the Future was just so in the moment of this thing, um, right? With, with and it was fun. It was a fun time travel movie. You know, you mm-hmm. had the the greatness of the Doc Brown. You know that character. He was really oh, yeah. spontaneous, and, you know, he was just all, Marty, Marty, Marty. You know, and then you got Marty McFly. He was just all over the place, you know, just his little self, Michael J. Fox, just all over the place in the DeLorean, mm-hmm. so to speak. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a really good movie. I remember it being like a real long period between the first and second one as far as I was concerned because – they had not going too in depth in the movie because this is something we could have covered, I guess, on the last podcast. That's okay. You know, that's the rule here. We're just going to talk about whatever we feel like talking okay. about. All right. Everyone well, can just deal with it. That's that's what's up. That's what's up. That's what that's we're what here it is. for. Deal with it. <laughs> so there was a to be continued at the end of the movie. Right. I'm like, all right. You know, so usually if you see to be continued, like, okay, it's the next episode is coming up. If you're watching a TV show, what? It's coming up the next week. You know? <laughs> no, I I must have been like four or five years later. Right. <laughs> you right. know, you got like the, the next episode in the chapter. And I must say that second one, uh, the second Back to the Future was probably my favorite movie. Yeah. Because it just went all over the place, back and forth, front and backwards through time. You mm-hmm. know, had multiple versions of, you know, future character, future Marty McFly, older Marty McFly, younger Marty McFly. Right. You know, Doc Brown going back and forth, Biff. Ah, it was, it was, it was excellent. I'm personally partial to three. Okay. Three's my favorite, and that's because I always liked. I love Thomas Wilson playing the uh, Mad Dog Tannen role. That's my favorite part of the old trilogy. Is uh-huh. is that? And maybe that makes me weird, but I just think that's really fun. I really think that's funny. I like the voice. I pretty much. I was in this play when I was 14 called uh, Pecos Bill Meets a Dirty Dan Gang. And I had this, you know, I was 14-year-old me, and I had, like, the whole get-up. I had a big fake mustache that, like, is uh, way longer than any mustache I could grow in reality now. Okay. Right? Like, this thing was enormous. And I did basically the whole the whole Mad Dog Tannen act. Okay. Uh, oh, up on the stage. for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's, it was pretty yeah, pretty much like, oh, we all... I was like, well, you tell me what's going to go on now, <laughs> Pecos Bill. Because I was playing Dirty Dan, you know, Yeah. as yeah. I was the uh, the bad guy. <laughs> I, tend, I tended to get cast as the bad guy, so it's all right. You know, I'm a heavy. It oh, is what really? It is. Yeah, yeah. But I always liked, I always liked the three. You're usually uh, always a villain. <laughs> I, I was. I played the villain in a lot of stuff, man. Okay. Uh, I was usually cast as a villain. It's uh, Well, you were typecast. Yeah. Now, yeah, from eighth grade on, man, I played. <laughs> He's I played a the villain automatically. He cannot be the hero. <laughs> Just looked at him. He does not have the good looks necessary for this. <laughs> He's not going to be. You know, one's going to empathize with him. Get it? Uh-huh. Put him on the other side. Put him on the. Make him the. Uh, make him that weird choir master that's all <laughs> that harasses everybody. Make him that guy. Like, oh, make him the. Uh, make him the Roman soldier that comes to to steal the. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Uh, I was I was the I was the villain, and a, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. I played this Roman captain who was coming to uh, purchase uh, a virgin. So uh, you know, I, I, that's a okay, that's a, a tawdry tale. Where did they put that on at the high school? I'll tell you that that was an odd an odd duck show. <laughs> <laughs> they got away with that. Okay, <laughs> but I didn't write it, so I'm just I'm just saying I was in it. Okay. So you say you say you like the third movie the most. That's probably because you're a big history buff too, huh? You like the you like that um, part of history. I guess I, in, I guess I did. West. Maybe maybe it was two. I just thought you know going four years into the future was cheating, right? Like just going, you know, they were traveling in time at the speed of time. Uh-huh. So for me that was I felt like it was cheating. And also I I, I don't know it's a, it's like one of those things where when you go forward like that, some of that luster disappears because obviously some of the stuff they they thought never happened or, or didn't pan out the way they thought it would. But uh, when you go back in time, like that's static. That ain't changing. Well, I mean, the good thing about the um, last of what a third movie was, it just really slowed everything down and really took its time with the story. The second one was just, it was all over the place. While to me, it was like, a, you know, one of the one better, the better movie out of all. Well, the one I should, I shouldn't say the better movie, the one I liked out of all three of them. Right. Um, I really liked a lot of element, elements of time travel just going back and forth. The one part were towards the end where Marty, he didn't know where Doc was and right. um, everything had changed. And then the, the mail carrier came to him in the rain and right. you know, that, that whole scene where he uh, found out, you know, the mail carrier gave him the note. He said, you can't open this until such and such year. I forgot what year it was. 55. But, yeah, 1955. Yeah. You know, he, he knew he was going to be there. So he opened it and found out he realized that Doc was back in the West. You know, still right. alive and everything. He was super excited and decided <laughs> that he wanted to go and try to find future Doc from '55. Right. Okay. To 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 um, make a time, make his time machine go back in time to 1885. 1885. Right. Doc Prime. Doc That's Doc Prime. Prime. Doc Prime. All right. Yeah. So that movie ended on a cliffhanger. But, you know, we didn't have to wait too long for the third. No, they did that whole the uh, Lord of the Rings thing with that, right? They filmed the whole thing. Yeah, back to back. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was Back to the Future. Yeah, we like we liked Back to the Future, I yep, guess. We for fans. sure do. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's the bees. And uh, I think the correction is Robin uh, was not, uh, his first appearance was not in Batman 1. I want to say, now I, I don't want to say it. What was the difference? It was a Detective Comics, one of the other ones. Oh, he was in Detective. His first appearance was in Detective and not um, any of the Batman. Yeah, ones. I looked that okay. up this week and realized uh, it was okay. wrong and thought I would, you know, come in and man so up. So what and... was his first appearance then? Uh, man, I, I remember this one. Man. Well, that's why we got Wikipedia. Right, I mean, right? Huh? I'm holding the thing. His first appearance was Detective Comics 38, 1940. Right, so that's my bad, everybody. No, uh, you know. We could be wrong here on Nerd Cyclopedia, but, you know, at the end, we're always right. Well, anyway, we're right because we were talking about it. So I just wanted to bring that up real quick, come clean. You know, I didn't want everyone on the message boards because I know we got an active community mm-hmm. uh, talking about how uh, I didn't know uh, Robin's uh, first appearance because that is true. I didn't, but I looked it up, you know, okay. we can come clean here. All right. So are we on to the C's now? I think or it's time we- to move on to C. C. <laughs> all right man so <laughs> c is a is a little bit more of a challenging letter than b because it doesn't have a big you know marquee uh you know dual obsession <laughs> for us like uh like right. b did right uh like b was really easy uh c is a little harder 
Um, so where do you want to start? Where do you want to start with C? I thought we could start with comic books. I mean, we talk about nerd things. Mm -hmm. If you want to talk about nerd things, comic books are probably one of the most central parts of being a nerd. Right. You know, is what we grew up on is probably one of the first things we experienced when we are coming into our nerd dumb nerd dumb. <laughs> is that even a word? Nerd dumb. <laughs> Say that. Nerd dumb. <laughs> Yeah, um, but we come into the nerd kingdom, are, um, right? There. That's a that's a nerd kingdom. <laughs> yeah, the nerd kingdom. Yeah, you go. You know, you have to be blessed. You know, you have to have a comic <laughs> in hand. You know, if if you want to enter. Else, I, you I know, was, you, just, you know, I was weird when they did the did they do the initiation with you, or they did that eyes wide shut thing, and they uh, <laughs> they had everyone was in the room, and, uh -huh. and they were like, remove your clothes, and you were like, no, <laughs> they were like, oh, you passed. <laughs> None of us would do it either. Welcome <laughs> to the Nerd Kingdom. All right. So, what was one of your first comic books? When My first comic book was um, X Men Twenty Five. I think we talked about it when we went through A. I got X Men Twenty Five, and I'm kidding. X Men Four Hundred Five. Oh, okay. So I got uh, I read them out of order though. I read X Men Twenty Five first because it had the better cover, which is the okay. one where they you know go up and you know to Avalon and fight uh, Magneto and Nexus and all those guys. Yeah. Um, and they rip out Wolverine's adamantium skeleton, which is just crazy awesome. <laughs> and then the hurt. other, right. And the other one was right before that when uh, Jean Grey and Scott Summers got married. It's X Men. That's a Kenny X Men four hundred five. So there's like this whole comic book was just a wedding. Like that's okay. it. And okay. it's one of the reasons why I don't like Marvel as much anymore because I was just like, <laughs> come on, guys. <laughs> Like, come on. Like, you really, this is kind of soap opery. And I think that that's also the one where they, where Mag, uh, Magneto came and, like, offered to take any of the X Men with him, and, like, Colossus left, and it was a big deal. Okay. I think, right? That was a big, a big, uh, song and dance. Exodus showed up, and he was like, I know this is a wedding, and we weren't invited, but we brought a present, and we just wanted to hit the open bar for a little bit. Anyway, anyone wants to come with us, we're going to go back up to this other cool place where there's just mutants. It's going to be sweet. And, and Colossus was like, all right, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> that was mine. That was my first my first set. Well, um, <laughs> X Men was all about drama anyway. Right, right. And then I think I had a reprinted. Uh, I had a reprinted. I got like three of these things, and I got a reprint of like Uncanny X Men one eighty something, mm -hmm. which was like when Storm had the mohawk. Okay. You know. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And they were they were flying around. It was it, you know it was like it was like when the eighties bad bad attitude you know right. Storm was around, and that's all I can remember about that particular issue. Okay. But uh, those other two I remember for sure. How about you? What was your first one? I don't remember exactly what the first one was, but I remember it was a Spider-Man comic. Mm -hmm. so I, I remember my pop giving it to me, and from then on, it was just I was just in, in, enthralled with anything that had to do with comics, especially Marvel. Looking at Spider-Man, I was just you know in awe of like the colors, mm -hmm. just you know just the whole his whole demeanor being a superhero. Swinging through the air, I was just—I I was as a kid, I was just in awe of this this character for whatever reason. To right. this day, you know, Spider-Man is still one of my favorite characters, but I just remember back then just being in awe of the Spider-Man character, and then just graduating into other you know comic book characters such as like Superman, Batman, of course, you know, Captain America, Green Lantern, you know, all those. But um, starting out in that medium of books. Comic books really got me into really reading, just reading, right. period. So I really got into, you know, books when I was much younger. Um, 
you know, through the realm of comics. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to just read a drama or an adventure. So it was it was it was a real blessing that did my, my um dad did give me those books when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So did you have you ever read a novel that's like about superheroes before? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the better novels I've I've read as far as an adventure was that Kingdom Come. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a DC it was a DC comic at first, right? But it was published. It was it was the artwork was by Alex Ross, mm-hmm. and it really told of a future a future Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. It talked about like the future of superheroes. I just remember it being really good in the novel in the novel form, much that- better than it was in the um in the graphic novel uh, is that the one that's about the cuban missile crisis like the kennedy administration is that the one they didn't they did they is that the one they made into new frontiers that could be animated uh no 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 this was <laughs> <laughs> no it is this, not this was one this was the one where the they had a nuclear bomb that blew up kansas city mm-hmm. and the superheroes got the blame for that you know as i recall or mm-hmm. they had put like all this, a lot of the rogue superheroes in a gulag. You know what they call it, a gulag or something like that. Oh. And um, I just remember uh, Shazam, who was Captain America back then, blew, destroyed the gulag and let out all the villains or the rogue um, heroes. Right. And it just created like a whole bunch of chaos going on. So I'm I'm flubbing a lot of the the, the, the plots. <laughs> so if you guys tweet me out and say, no, no, it happened like this, Sam, it happened like that, then you know, <laughs> whatever. <You know? laughs> this is just what I could recall at the moment. But as a comic, it was very striking because it had really nice artwork by Alex Ross. It was one of the real one of the better real portrayals of superheroes you might see, other than right. just looking at a regular comic. But um that really got me into like you know graphic novels and you know seeing it was m- much more mature stuff as I grew up right. on the whole comic realm. Well, I want to say for me, uh, the one that really let me know that uh, comics could be an art form to rival you know written word because I've always I, I've read some of the like you know oh this is an X Men novel right and it was like bad you know uh, I, I was like twelve I was like didn't know the difference that's how bad it was I was twelve I could read the thing and I wasn't that you know, <laughs> I wasn't like a super duper genius or anything. Um, so, one of the my favorite all time comic book, and, and I don't want to steal too much thunder from it when we get to it later, but it's Watchmen. Ooh, and and yeah, and I liked Watchmen. I think for a lot of the same reasons why I like Dark Knight Returns, and why I think you know, uh, these are the things I think about when I think about superheroes because it showed it portrayed a a history for the characters that made uh, sense. You know, yes. there was a sense there was a sense to how they aged in their arcs and, and how, you know, they weren't frozen in time. Like, I think, you know, for obviously commercial reasons and because right. you can't tell, you know, it's no like, you know, Batman getting cancer is not a real fun story. You know, right. it's not it's just not fun. Right. Um, but that that arc from uh, from Watchmen, um, I, I just found, you know, it was flabbergastingly intelligent. And I right. think that that was uh, for me what really sort of told me alerted me that hey you know this medium can be used for more than just mm-hmm. you know to, to show what a wedding would be like if all your guests had superpowers which <laughs> yeah. to, to be honest it, to, to be fair was like the end of a longer long story arc so it was uh, that issue happened to be in between two story arcs so <laughs> to be fair to marvel they didn't just publish like 15 issues at this wedding right like right. it wasn't like <laughs> the whole story it was like i think that uh 
it'll, it'll let the, uh, the the Legion virus, mm-hmm. and then uh, then into the uh, the wiping of Magneto's mind. So there there was like a lull in between the two, you know. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, so. Watchmen was pretty good, and we'll probably get more to this when we get to the W's. But right. um, I just remember that book being sh- extremely layered. Um, Alan Moore did whatever research or and anything he had in his imagination, you know, for that book, it was phenomenal. Phenomenal. I must have read Watchmen about a good 20, 25 times. Mm-hmm. I've read that book over and over and over again. And it's and, and, and the thing about Watchmen is you see some of the influence on actual, not only on comic books and graphic novels, but on actual TV shows and um, even movies to a degree with their layer of storytelling. Right. Lost, and we even get to this to the L's. When we get to the L's, I want to talk about Lost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you see some of the influences of Watchmen on a show like that. Right. How layered it was uh, with the storytelling going back and forth with certain characters, relating it, tying it in into future situations. That's what Watchmen did. It was a definitely a groundbreaking comic book. And I think what the one thing that I like about comic books and 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 maybe graphic novels in general um, is is that it, you know the, uh, a work of fiction that's written a lot of times is is the production of one person. And yes. what I like about graphic novels is that it, it's by its nature a collaborative art form. Yeah. Because there's a very small small list of people that could accomplish both competently and fyi frank miller not on that list he should not be doing the art just bottom line <laughs> you didn't even like dark knight retires art some of it like that just some, some of it, it. <laughs> not the whole thing i thought okay. well that's one of the reasons why batman year one was so much better in my opinion david mazzucchelli yes because the art was a lot better but the story was still pretty good uh anyway <laughs> i just yeah. feel like that collaborative uh you know that collaborative art form uh, is one of the reasons why you end up seeing, you know, that's one of the reasons I like comics because it's not, it's not a dictatorial art form. It's a, it's a compromise art form. Well, let me ask you something. How do you feel about those who cite one medium as, I guess, quote unquote, more mature or so-called better than the mm-hmm. other one? You, you had, you have people, certain people claim that they could never read a Watchmen or a Dark Knight because it really dumbs down the whole medium, like. Every you, you when when you see a drawing of a of actual story, it leaves nothing to the imagination. I guess is what they what they say. Versus your actual novel, where you got to create everything in your head, which is fine to a degree. But like you said, with a comic book, you have the whole collaboration between the artist, the um the writer, um the writer. I mean, the artist has to interpret what the writer is saying, has to visualize all that and put it into like a drawing form. Uh, anchor, you know, everybody. If it's all a collaborative thing, like you said, and it creates like a masterpiece when it's all done right, like a well orchestrated, you know, like symphony in a way. I think it's snobbery to answer your question as to why, um, as to why someone wouldn't would look down on comics. It, it really is just not. There's nothing. There's nothing else to it. I mean, it's definitely a different art form than the written word. It's it's definitely an art form with different strengths, and it plays to different. Um, you know, it plays to different. Uh, it's a different medium. It's like looking down on movies because you want to read the book, right? It doesn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's pretty much. That's pretty much what I feel about it. Okay. Honestly, uh, comic books pretty sweet. I like comics. Yeah, the medium is is fantastic. Over the years, it's gotten a a, a bad rap. 
especially during like the after the the Wortham days of right. When, <laughs> he, right. He tried to ban all comics, and you know tried <clears throat> to have America put comics on fire because he believed black men and Robin were gay. And yeah, and <laughs> instead of and instead of being like legitimately okay and just like Amer- the American public probably should have been like so. Like that's pretty much that was all that was required. Like these these two characters are are gay, so <laughs> I'll just... how, how how could you even how, what what where is your mind at when you look at two superheroes that are that are not even real that have no type of no type of way to communicate with you and debate you or you know defend itself? They're two characters. They're created. Right. So how could you even think that? you know, the, the artist or whatever, you know, creator intended for them to be like homosexual. Right. And not for nothing. And this is just my opinion, but if you draw a character without any genitals at all, like every other like, superhero is drawn, you know, it's really <laughs> hard for you to assign sexuality one way or the other. <laughs> I mean, it's right there in the drawing. No, right. no genitals equal <laughs> no sexuality in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, it was, a um, uh, it, it turned America into like, you know, really down on comics and, Comics got really colorful, like right around like the fifties and sixties, mm. and it really, really, really made the whole medium sort of disrespectful to any type of maturity. I remember when that Batman TV show came. While I guess it was good gesture to have Batman actually on a TV show, it really didn't bring in like the core elements of what he began with, you know, and just just sort of. Just put a comic book on TV, you know, put all the colors, boo, bam, bam, boo, you know, whatever you want to say as far as, um, you know, what they saw in the comic. And this is what America really thought comic books were. This is just a kid's medium. It shouldn't be for adults. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of the um, the people that were reading comics in the 40s during the Golden Age were adults. They were like sailor soldiers. So right, it's cheap and right, you could share it and you could have right. one comic book and pass it around. Yes. And so that was a lot of why these stories were more adult, but those guys sort of were like, you know, I don't, they sort of phased that out. They didn't really get as much into them. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the audience, the core audience had gone a lot more, you know, younger as the golden age right. wore on. And then eventually right. in like the fifties, only the Batman and Superman were being published. Everything else was done until the Barry Allen, you know, until the flash remerged. Right. 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 So when the flash came back, uh, that was when they said that the Silver Age started, and they started, you know, reintroducing all the superheroes, like the Green Lantern, and making it like the Green Lantern, right. the good, the good version of the Green Lantern, not the stupid one. Right. Where there's like an alien instead of just a dude with a lantern who's like, I don't know anything with wood, and I'm I'm sunk. It's like that's Green Lantern. That seems pretty random. It's like this is a guy that could get beat up with a kendo stick. Like I don't know, man. I mean, maybe, maybe that's not a great superhero, but that's just my that's just that's just my opinion, you know. Wow, so we'll that, call back. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's all right. Right. So the so the golden age, you know, the golden age of comics, which you know was initiated by Superman thirty eight, kind of ran until around the fifties, and the silver age ran until around the early seventies. Yeah. And then the bronze age of comics was sort of the one dominated by the X Men and uh, Spider Man and uh, those sort of titles. Yeah, that really put the plan on like, okay, we're really serious about actually making money off this, and um, you know, characters started being more involved with TV shows mm-hmm. and. You know, movies, especially in like the the coming into like the mid nineties up until like the early two thousands. Right. The X Men actually became a movie and was like one of the most popular movies at that time because it really you know stuck straight to the 
at least the core elements of what the X-Men were, maybe not the costume. You know, there's a, there are some problems in that movie for sure, but you're right. That was sort of the first one that kind of kicked the door open. And I really feel like we're in a, we're in a new, like the, this era of comics is the movie era, the celluloid era, if you want to call it, right? Yeah. Where there's so much money in these properties and, you know, the, the stories that you see on the, on the movies are as legitimate as the ones that are in the comics. So they're, they're, oh, yeah. they have the yeah. money and they have the ability now to really be ambitious about the way they tell the stories. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's, that's really super decent. I, I never thought that it would actually get to a point where, you know, you would see comic book movies actually being a mainstream type of product. I mean, mm-hmm. this was a medium I grew up on. It was really sh- you know, just looked upon as like, okay, why are you in the comics? Why are you still reading these things? But nowadays, it's like, you know, you can't get enough of them. You got all these comic book movies. You got all these, um, you got these movies being based off comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, not so, not even so much as movies. You got like The Walking Dead out there, which right. is based on a comic. Right. You got um, uh, Preacher, which was is a really great graphic novel about to come out being based off a comic. Um and just dozens more on TV and in the movies that um, are really the history of violence that was based on a comic. That uh, actually, yeah, that movie's all I right. Wanna, I want to say, like, uh, but it actually won some awards, too. Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't I didn't care for it. I don't know what to say. What about that one Tom Hanks movie? <laughs> oh, man. Road to Perdition. Road to yeah, Perdition. Road to Perdition. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. There's been some good comics. There's been a lot of bad ones too. You know, Bunch. you're right about how how different it is now. I remember when, uh, you know, you look at a like the like just think about how bad the first Punisher movie was. Oh, <laughs> Thomas Jane. Let's and not they, go there. I mean, they've made some bad ones, but now it looks like they've got the right people in charge of stories because, like, you know, I, I I don't think we'll end up with a a Ben Affleck Daredevil type situation anytime soon. No, not at all. But you know what happened, though, was all those people that were reading comics, like you and me back in the day, mm. they're actually creators now doing the movies. So right. that's a good thing now. They're actually in position to really respect the actual medium that they grew up on because they realized how long ago it was being disrespected so much. The Punisher um, back then, who Dolph Lundgren, <laughs> oh, boy. he he just had the, the skull on his belt, something like that. <laughs> You know, that was the only way you would see the actual skull. You well, know, they, like, they got strike was... two with Thomas Jane. Like, they'd mess that up twice. I mean, it's the easiest It's the easiest guy. He wears a black T-shirt and shoots people. Like, that's all you need. That's all if you, you do need. that, you're good. They, they did their best to try to avoid that, though. They're like, oh, this 45 is a super 45. And it's, uh, it's like, uh, like, it's just a 45. Like, he doesn't need he doesn't need anything more than that. He's the Punisher. It just, like, how do you mess that up? He's going to shoot a bunch of people in this movie. Okay, great. Like that's it. That's all you need. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's me. even worse than a Terminator. You know, he. <laughs> all right, so so I want to get a little more specific. So we're okay. wandering a bit, and we've talked over some of this stuff before. So I want to get more specific about. First of all, uh, we're staying comics. Okay. Uh, Batman villain, Rogues Gallery, Catwoman. Oh. I did check. I was right. She her first appearance was in Batman number one, but it was as ah. the Cat. But it's the same character, Selena Kyle. Oh, really? Um, okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. So she's one of the older villains. Uh, a cat burglar who was so attractive that Batman just sort of let her go. If you believe that. She stole some, some jewels. Oh, wow. So Not the Batman. So Catwoman's an interesting character because she's always seemed to be Batman's uh, companion, uh, sort of like female character, in my opinion. 
Okay. So, like, as far as, you know, uh, as far as, like, Bat- like, Superman has Wonder Woman, right? Yeah. Well, Batman's got Catwoman. And yeah. so she's interesting from that point because, like, they always seem to want to insinuate that there's some sort of, you know, love interest there. And it seems a little bit more believable to me than, than like, Talia al Ghul. Uh, uh-huh. Just because one, this 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 one's in 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 Gotham City, right? And two, yeah, Catwoman doesn't seem to be so you know world dominating evil as Talia Al Ghul, in my opinion. So no, not you know, not like she comes from her dad. So you know, we remember how Rachel Ghul was. We know how he is. He's but still yeah. around, man. He's still got the Lazarus pit. You can't keep him out. Oh yeah, you know he's coming back. Um, but yeah, Catwoman. They have that sexual tension going now. That seems like something that's always been there, even through, through like the '60s um, TV show. They always just put that element in, mm-hmm. uh, with those two, and and it, for the most part, it worked. You know, through the you know through the um, movies that they've had her in, um, except for the Halle Berry one. Oh man, I want to say I don't even want to start talking about that yet because you know we got to wait till the end. Oh yeah, we got to do a punt let's, here. Let's 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 put that off. I think it's so. This is the easiest part of this whole this whole project here is going to be kicking this one out. Okay. So stay tuned on that <laughs> that right. one. We'll want to slam dunk this thing later. All right. So continuous seats, but before we wrap up with comics, um, I just want to say I am very proud of the medium because it is the uh, it's the soul of my existence. Um, I love comics. Um, I don't so much as read them as much as I used to because of the events. Um, but when I, when I was reading it, it was, it was just so much to me. I just remember going to the comic book store almost every week, spending all my money on comics. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know, I didn't care what it was. You know, if it had like the best cover, I had to get it. If it, even if it didn't have the greatest story, I just remember just being in the store, smelling that smell of like mm-hmm. the, the, the paper, going to um, conventions, comic book conventions back then. And speaking of comic book conventions, those have changed like over the years. Yeah. The first conventions I've went to, I've gone to, um, it, it was just smelly old men <laughs> <laughs> who never washed up combined with the smile, the, the smell of the um, comic book paper. And it was, it was, it was just that smell. You've always know every, every, every comic book, you know, you know, comic book geek knows that smell. But nowadays it's just a whole different deal. You know, you still got like the um, creators and the comic books for sale, but it's a lot more cosplay. Another seat cosplay. You know, being done um, at these conventions. Seriously, yeah, they have a they have a lot of characters being um, played up, and cosplay is for uh, costume players. For those who um, are unfamiliar with the term, they dress up as characters from different genres of like t- maybe TV shows or comic books a lot, anime, and dress up like you would on Halloween, except they go to conventions and you know perform <laughs> these characters. Which is really neat to a degree because it's 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 not only younger ones. You got a lot of older ones who are finally you know letting their 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 cats out the bag, right? They're coming out the closet, you know, <laughs> um, and they're performing these characters. It's it's just it's just so it's just so decent now. I uh, I I think the coolest cosplay I ever saw was someone had uh, done like an eight bit Mario thing where if you looked at it from a certain direction, it looked like you know Mario jumping. I don't know. That's <laughs> the coolest one I've ever seen. All right. Well, I'm I'm glad we got to talk about comics and the medium and everything because that is really yes. neat. It's a big part of the nerd culture is this sort of yes. uh, that sort of medium. 
So I want to start. I want to talk about something else. Speaking of nerd culture, that's video games. And okay. our, for our first video game, something that starts with a C. Yeah, I don't know. You can tell me if you ever played this thing for the NES. Contra. Oh man, I remember Contra. Me and my brother used to dominate that all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Contra is like, like the hardest game. I feel like you know people that are that uh, you know weren't a lot weren't around back then. Younger people have no no idea what like video games are like until they play something like Contra because. Right. Like they're like, oh, what happens after I get hit that one time? And like, oh, that's, that's it. That's the. That's it. That's really? It. No more. <laughs> Where's the that's tutorial it. level? <laughs> How am I supposed to know? Like, oh, that's yeah, not fair. It wasn't classic. fair. Yeah. Play that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Super C. And then I want to I want to talk for a, another thing I'm nerdy about personally is comedy. Okay. I'm a com I'm a comedy nerd. Okay. Um, and I'll tell you, I like, uh, with C's, obviously the big C is George Carlin. Okay. And Classic. For, for me, that guy is uh, obviously a legend. And the other thing I wanted to, to segue into TV as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm a nerd about TV. I'm a nerd about comedy. Okay. There is, of course, uh, the all-time great truncated show, the Chappelle show. Ah, yes. Chappelle show. Chappelle show. Dave Chappelle. He is a classic, classic comedian. Yes, and he and his show ruined some people's 2004 from everyone yelling "Yeah" and "What," and uh, you know, what? <laughs> what? But you know, it, the funny thing about Chappelle shows it really holds up. If you watch it, it's it's still really, oh yeah, really yeah, funny yeah. and cutting. And that yeah. guy's that guy's got a real. Uh, he's really good. I, I feel like I feel like Chappelle's one of the best standups too. Yeah, um, he um he let it go. Um, I I think he let that show go at the right time. I mean, it was um I remember the controversy during when he was trying to they offered him more money for to do more shows, I believe, and he turned it down. And it was a hell of a lot of money. Well, he skipped out. He skipped out on the third season. They made like half of it. I actually have that on DVD. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, he would just yeah. bounce. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. Was they, like, and they, they, they sort of piecemealed that together, right? Right, right, right. And they had uh, Donnell Rawlings was the guy who come out and like did the hosting with Charlie Murphy. Mm-hmm. No, they had some good stuff on there. I remember seeing him at um just was just after the show end, ended mm-hmm. and um he actually did a show in Pittsburgh. He was talking about the show itself. He said he was just so whew, he was he was just so stressed out trying to come up with you know material for the show that he just he just couldn't take it anymore and felt that he just needed to stop the show at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's funny with comedians. You talk about comedy and you talk about people who try to make you laugh or people who just had a natural ability of making you laugh. On the other side of that. Uh, it's like a, it's like that old saying about you know a clown cries, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, the, the the clown makes you laugh, but inside he's really crying. Right. Um, that's what I felt that Dave Chappelle, um, probably actually went through, you know, doing his comedy and everything, trying to make people laugh, but in inside he would just wasn't feeling, you know, feeling very confident, you know, another right. C. Right, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, you know, yeah, Dave Chappelle, Chappelle show. Okay, that's the end of my my comedy nerdness. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, next up, I got um, Caesar. And Caesar. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk more about the title than the person. Okay. Because there's a lot of podcasts about about this stuff, and obviously you can just go listen to like Life of Caesar, or you can just pull up my you know the history of Rome if you want to. Okay. Uh, those are definitely great options if you want something more in depth. This is interesting, but the, the Caesar I want to talk about is was an office created as part of what was called the Tetrarchy. 
or a four emperor system. Okay. And I'm already getting bored. I'm getting bored myself talking about this. Uh, but basically, it was the second highest ranking emperor. So you would have an, like a main emperor who was an Augustus, and then a Caesar is the second emperor because the, you couldn't have an army. Like it was too risky to have an army in the field win a victory because what kept happening, <laughs> like over and over and over, is these armies would win victories, and then the army would declare their general the emperor. So, like, you couldn't have an army with, without the emperor. Like, it was impossible. Like, you couldn't do it or else you'd end up with, like, you know, some, like, Germanic barbarian of <laughs> his emperor, okay. emperor for, like, okay. two weeks, you know? Um, so that's that's why that was created. It was part of a reorganization done by Diocletian. Um, and there was there was an Augustus in the east, an Augustus in the west, and then a Caesar in the east and the west. Okay, this is right around. It was like the third century or fourth century, yeah, yeah. It was after the split. It was split the Roman Empire into east and west by Constantine, who's another C. Uh, Constantine the Great, who established the capital of Constantinople right on the Bosporus, and moved the capital or center of the empire from Rome, which was uh, getting overrun by barbarians to the east, where all the money was. He was a Christian emperor. Oh. Yeah, he he was the uh, the one that converted at uh, the okay. end. At the end, yeah, that was back when they said like after you converted to Christianity, if you sinned at all, you would go to hell. So he, all these emperors were like uh, baptized on their deathbed, right? Like, as they were on their way out, you know, they couldn't like we've done all the all the stuff we need to do to be emperor. Now let's <laughs> let's get this other stuff done. <laughs> so that's, that's <laughs> yeah, seas are a little thin on that sort of stuff. Um, we can talk about the Star Wars characters with C if you want. Okay. What C characters have we got in Star Wars? Well, there's C-3PO. Oh, man. C-3PO. The most annoying butler. The most annoying robot butler ever. <laughs> he didn't do that much in A Force Awakens, but he was a major part of the first trilogy. He did He did pop up to remind you that he was, you know, thanking the villain for making him repeatedly in the first set. So there was that. And, uh, of course, a guy I know you're familiar with, the only black dude in Star Wars until, like, six months ago, Lando Calrissian. <laughs> Yeah, buddy. Coke 45. <laughs> it says Lando Calrissian. The Empire is here. I got you. Star Wars people. Don't, don't, don't tweet me on it. I'm like, okay, I know how sensitive you Star Wars fans are. They have blue ale. They don't have Colt 45 in Star Wars. <laughs> so don't. <laughs> <laughs> you want to oh, you want to really mess with Star Wars fans? Start calling it like Ferengi and Al and stuff, and they'll really just just throw a Star Trek yeah. reference in and mess it up. They'll oh, they'll man. come after you then. That's yeah. that's how you get the good stuff. <laughs> you want to really get the good trolling going on? That's how to do it right there. Yeah. Well, he he was a real cool character in Star Wars. He had his um, you know, he had his time. Um, I made a deal to keep the Empire out of here forever. <laughs> I mean, except the opposite of that. <laughs> this deal's getting worse all the time. I say that all the time. I say that. I say that to myself, like probably three or four times a week. You say that to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I like, go to McDonald's and then I'm like, yeah, I want the two for two, and they're like, it's actually two for three now. And I go, this deal's getting worse all the time. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, get out of here. Please leave. You're like, sir, please put your shirt back on and please get out. That Star Wars guy. (laughs) (laughs) 
we got that that Star Wars guys up front. He's he he's telling us the deal's getting worse. I explained to him the deal's better. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to hear that. Every time he comes in here, the deals always are getting worse. <laughs> Burger, burgers used to be 28 cents these deals are getting worse all the time <laughs> then one time someone's going to be like pray I do not alter it further and I'm going to be like that's it for me and I'm just going to walk out and be done with it <laughs> I wonder how long it would take let's see I wonder how long that's that's what I like to do in my daily life I like to figure out how long it would take for me to throw a Star Wars quote at someone and get the quote back right <laughs> so like if I say to someone you know like mm-hmm. oh, your overconfidence is your weakness right I see, mm-hmm. I'll say that a bunch until someone says, your faith in your friends is yours. You know, like the emperor. And then I, you're done. Then I'm done. I'm like, all right, we'll move on to something else. But right now, it's <laughs> this deal's getting worse all the time. Let's pray I do not alter it further. <laughs> and know as many people as you can until somebody actually responds. That's pretty much my, about. that's my mantra right there. That's how I get everything done in my entire life. <laughs> just annoy everybody. That's what this podcast is all about. I want to annoy yeah. everybody all at once. Everybody. Everybody. Remember, people, he's one of those hitching boys. <laughs> We're ruthless. You don't don't eat a pickle in front of one of us, I'll tell you right now. Don't do it. That's All not right. a story I want to tell in depth, but that's... that's a... <laughs> don't All do right. it. What else we got here? Oh, we got uh, Michael Crichton, author of Jurassic Park. All right. Throw him right in there. Jurassic World, big nerd thing. Jurassic Park, a lot of people my age, really into it. Came out when I was about nine. Yeah. So everyone's really into Jurassic Park and uh, Jeff Goldblum, and the guy from Hunt for Red October, yep. which is an at, which is a name I've applied to him retroactively because I hadn't seen that movie yet. And uh, of course Orson Scott Card, who is a, is a complex relationship for me with his work because the work's good. I mean the the story for those of you who don't know who that is, he's the guy that wrote Ender's Game, which they made into a movie. Um, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. And butter that got but Butterworth Butterfield. Oh, and Viola Davis is in that too. Oh, really? Yeah, she okay. plays like the counselor or whatever. How to make a murderer? Huh? Yeah, they made something. Well, you know, that's a, kind of an apropos title for that book because it's about um, it's about this attempt to breed the perfect general, right? Okay. So you figure there, you know, there's an invasion with all the uh, you know the bugs come and try to they blow up China basically. And so, you know, they, we know they're coming back, and we need to create basically as many great commanders as possible so that we can counter them. So they set up this basic weeding out system right. to try to culturally encourage the production of gifted children and their, you know, correct uh, rearing. And um, that's, that's basically what they do is they try to create as many Alexander the Greats as possible. And yeah, and so they create, they find, finally find the kid who's like the ultimate, he's he's absolutely everything they need and he's perfect for them. And they run him through the whole rigmarole and then he fights the bugs. And that's pretty much, that's pretty much the story without giving up too much that you would want to read it. What's really interesting, because I mean, I guess, you know, the human race continues after the first book. So there's more than one book. I figured you'd figure that out. I I mean, I'm sorry if you couldn't, you know, you got to use your powers of deduction, guys. So don't, don't come after me. But basically, so what's what's really neat is it, it, and it's there's um there's another series of novels that he wrote after that about you know they they defeat all these um they defeat the aliens right okay. and then all these all these different um kids who have been trained like to be hyper ambitious and aggressive and militarily brilliant mm-hmm. are all sent back to Earth. So instead of having a situ- political situation where you have maybe 
you know, once every 150, you know, 200, 300 years, you end up with like a Napoleon or Alexander or Julius Caesar or someone like that. You mm-hmm. have like 30 of them all at once, all at the same time. And I always thought that was really interesting. All so, at once, all at the same time. I'm like, wow, how would that work? Well, it, it, wow, it's it, like a. You work it out, man. Just, it's, a, it's a pretty it's a pretty good story. Um, but I do advise if you're going to read this stuff, please steal it. Please steal the books. Do not pay for them if you can help it. Borrow them from a friend if they've already made that mistake. I find the author himself to be morally reprehensible. We do uh, encourage thievery here over at NerdCycle. Just, just in cases where the producers of the content are morally reprehensible trolls, then it's okay to steal from them. Otherwise, please do compensate creators for their work. <laughs> well, and also, don't be a morally reprehensible troll. That's also on the list. So you can, have, you can do either or. I don't. <laughs> this guy wasn't a morally reprehensible troll. He wouldn't have been on the naughty list anyway. So you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> All right. Now, um, are we throwing anything out this week? Oh man, it's if only there was some easy thing with a C that we could just hawk right on out of here. But first, hawk, hawk. <laughs> Let's get out. <laughs> but but in the meantime, let's play back. <laughs> We gotta play back those sound effects from last week. We gotta hear them since you dropped them in. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna hear those sound effects. Pew! Yeah. Oh man. Pew! Oh man. <laughs> yeah, let's get those. All right. We'll, we'll reuse those, man. That's that's what we should do. All right. So I think we're we're producing pretty much unanimous, right? Um, yes. That we are gonna kick out the Catwoman movie with Halle Berry. Uh, yep. We both uh, maybe even never saw it. I never even decided to watch it based I, on the reviews. I, I, when I heard it was being made, I, I swore to myself I would never see it. <laughs> Especially I feel, when I heard Batman was not going to be involved. How do you make, I mean, not even to have him around me out, like on the corners, right? I guess, I don't know if you don't own the rights, but like, goodness gracious, to, 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 botch, to botch something so badly with that much money in it, I mean... To 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 make a decision to even greenlight something, and not have Batman in the whole mythos. Okay, mm-hmm. it was one thing that it had Halle Berry because okay, she she's a very very attractive woman. Um, is that is that the is that your final answer? You don't want to that, ratchet that, that back at all. You just want to leave that right out there for posterity. <laughs> you don't want you don't want to tweak that a little bit. <laughs> all right, it's up to you, man. That's your call. She 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 is very easy on the eyes, but as far as that movie's concerned, yeah. When um they first announced it, I thought, nope, I'm not I'm not seeing it. I'm you not, see, I'm, I'm, nope. It's a Catwoman, but it doesn't take place in the Batman universe. Nope. It's just a different universe. Uh, you still end up with a Catwoman. Uh, <laughs> How which, does a Catwoman end up in a universe that doesn't have a Batman? Which get back to my number one problem with Gotham, right? Uh-oh, How does here the we rogues go. gallery exist without Batman? He's oh, the impetus for the whole story. Man, here we go. That's it. I'm over but, it. But, but but we'll get to what when we get to the G's. We'll do a brief section on your hate for God. We, we will, and and it will be the same the same section I say every week, which is that you can't you can't flip something like that on its head. It's not interesting. It's it's not an interesting thing to do. It's lazy. It's lazy because you don't want to pay someone to be Batman, and you don't want to have the bad suit. Anyway, I'm done. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do this to myself again. Not going to do it. Nope. Let's cut it here. 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 We'll get to Gotham when 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 the G's come. 
Because I know, <sighs> yeah, you, you're, you're going to go on your diatribe and then, you know, I'm going to have to find some way to defend it. Although I, I, I admit, <laughs> you don't, you don't it have to not, defend it. You don't it have to. Not, well, it's not the best show. <laughs> I admit that. <laughs> you might be able to but, like go but it's make not a, the worst. <laughs> when that happens, you might be able to like go make a sandwich. You know, get a drink, come back, oh, and I'm still man. yelling about it. Oh, and the man. penguin, the he, penguin. He's still talking about Gotham. Oh, <laughs> this podcast is gonna go on forever. <laughs> You're just gonna. I, it's just gonna cut for a couple minutes. And you're gonna be like, "Hey, it's Sam. He just went on like this for another half an hour. I decided we couldn't do that, so we're cutting right to the end of it. That's what's gonna be." Yeah, but circling back um, back around the Catwoman, that yeah. was um, that was that wasn't, of course, not a good movie. It uh, won a lot of Razzies. That's Razzies true. Are one of those? Um, that's a that's a war show talking about like all the bad movies or giving awards to like the the worst movies uh, for the year. Right. Um. But it was just really disrespectful at that time of the the whole Batman mythos and that genre where you think you could just put anything up on the screen and people will come out and see it. And they might have right. if they'd actually done that. If they'd actually <laughs> said it in, in the Batman universe, they maybe had, would have showed up. But guess what? They didn't. They said, this is a character, and now we're just removing it from what makes it halfway decent, and that's that. Just separate the whole thing, and that's that. That's that. Um, that was back when they really didn't understand the whole comic book, um, you know, the genre, putting it on film. Um, these are the way, this is what you do to cater to fanboys because they actually put the stamp down or a seal of approval on these movies. Um, it wasn't until Iron Man came out, well, as far as I'm concerned, mm. or X-Men before that, and then Iron Man came out when, okay, they started to realize, we should really take this a lot more serious. Well, Catwoman was 2004, and yeah. then what was Batman Begins? I think it was Batman the next Begin year. Batman Begins was right around 2006, seven, something like that. It was the next year. It was 2005. So it was 2005, really? It was. Oh, wow. So think about this for a second. They were making. Oh wow! Both of those movies were being made at the same time. Both. That's awful. That is awful. <laughs> anyway, that's why we're kicking Catwoman. Right on out of here. It gets the boot. The boot. Let's play that beautiful sound effect. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's good work. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> All right anything else we're kicking out, or? Uh, I mean, we could kick out the morally reprehensible nature of Orson Scott Card, I guess, too. That can go. But that's just. That's just. I, I, I felt we did. Um, you know, some uh, some good stuff on him, but. Eh, you know. Um, if you want to kick him out, we can go ahead and kick him out. Give him the boot. Yeah, just him personally. His work can stay. Oh, well, at least oh. the, the the Ender stuff. Some of the stuff he did was just like really like bad okay. <laughs> and like really like weird. So just just super just yeah. Well, he, out there. He wrote this other story. Um, was this him? Uh, he wrote this other story called uh, the Jason Worthing Chronicles, where he like had this, like, dude ended up being God or something. It was weird. Mm -hmm. I didn't care for that. There was a lot of a lot of religious undertones that I wasn't particularly a fan of, so, you know. Really? Okay. Yeah. Like I said, steal it if you want, but don't buy it. Don't pay for it. So you can get us on Twitter. Just to remind you, Twitter, Nerdcyclopedia. So get at us there. And then remember to email us your omissions, anything we messed up, any questions you got about, you know, how to steal books, that's cool too. Maybe we'll go over that a little bit. Yeah, but and then uh, just a preview next week. We've talked about it. We're not saving it for Z. 
And we're talking a little bit about Dragon Ball, probably. Uh, maybe a little Dungeons and Dragons, just to go over the basics on that. Make sure people are familiar with what that means. Right. How about you, Sam? And if you got anything to, to plug, you want to plug? Uh, I do want to plug also Crazy Man, who does uh, produce our beats. Does a real great job. It's spelled K R A Y Z E M A N, and you can get his album. You can check him out on Amazon. Crazy Man, and I also want to plug our new website, NerdCyclopedia.com. Check it out, and it's going to have some really good content on there. Some good articles, and our podcasts are going to be posted up on there um, for you to listen to. That's right, and we're both going to probably write stuff, too, about things we like and or dislike. Right. I mean, I, I plan, I plan, and I, I, you know, as many people as I can annoy as possible. And giving yeah. me a website is like, oh, man. And you can, and you, it'll be comments sections for you guys to just um, tell Scott how you feel about him personally. You know, how dare you say to write. steal a book? Do not steal books. I, I run a He's bookstore. He's encouraging thievery. <laughs> I run a bookstore, and I will not have you stealing books. <laughs> All right, so we will see you on the D side next week. Yep. Yep. And again, this is Sam, and uh, this is Scott. And we shall see you when we see ya. And that's that was it for Nerd Cyclopedia. Let's have Crazy Man take us out here, Scott. Crazy Man! Yeah.